athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. From the press box to press row here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Thank you for making the program part of your day. A little bit after 7 in the East, 4 out West, 6 p.m. for my Central Time, folks. Got a packed show for you today here on the program. As a matter of fact, joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Southern head football coach Dawson Odom is going to join us on the program. Southern and Alabama State get together tonight, and it is the Box to Row National Game of the Week. I had a chance to preview this on our HBCU Football Daily Podcast. It was posted a little bit earlier. You can log on to our website at boxtorow.com, boxtorow.com to get my thoughts on the matchup. You know, it's that. It, it So, first of all, uh, Jackson State obviously getting its first win of the season, its first win in the Coach Prime in the Deion Sanders era, 53 to nothing over Edward Waters on Sunday. You know, big victory, right? No doubt about it. And by the way, what promised to be, I think, a really good football game on tomorrow has been postponed, has been postponed uh, until some other time because Mississippi is supposed to be Mississippi Valley State and Jackson State. Mississippi Valley State is in COVID protocol so the game that was supposed to, to have been played on tomorrow is going to be postponed. I'm telling you, I was really, really looking forward to that football game. I think when you look at Jackson State, it overwhelmed Edward Waters. And now you're going up against a true FCS program. Now, granted, Mississippi Valley State hasn't been that good. But I think it's going to be a much improved team this year particularly on the defensive side of the football where you look at an edge rusher like a Jerry Garner who I think is going to be very very going to have a special season I think he's going to have a special season uh, this year so that game has been postponed also another intriguing game has been postponed Arkansas Pine Bluff and Texas Southern scheduled to play in Pine Bluff Arkansas on tomorrow postponed not because of COVID but because of the weather, bad weather had hit that part of the country in Arkansas. And uh, the officials were just concerned about uh, the just concerned about the after effects in terms of the cold uh, against pipes, et cetera, and, and, and that type of thing. Uh, so ultimately, that game is postponed as well. As a matter of fact, that game going to be made up on April the 24th, April the 24th. So um, that's going to be a good one. Also, listen, 
it's that time of year. So we're it, because it's still COVID, we've got spring football. So generally around this time of year, we'd be talking a lot of college basketball. The seasons are winding down. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you look at the MEAC, North Carolina A&T has done mostly all but wrapped up, in essence, the Southern Division crown big-time game tomorrow at Corbett Sports Center on the campus of North Carolina A&T where North Carolina Central and North Carolina A&T get together the Aggie-Eagle rivalry. These two teams got together also on Wednesday. A&T came away with a 79-63 victory in that game. And so that, in essence, gave the Aggies the crown. Now, still some things that have to – That I don't think there's anything that can really happen. I mean, really, A&T has three games remaining. Florida A&M has four. And Florida A&M would still have a chance to equal A&T's record if Florida A&M wins its games in, A&T, in terms of the conference and A&T loses its games. But the best they could do is equal it and – A&T beat Florida A&M three times to one, three times to one. So that would give the advantage to the Aggies. But you look at, you know, you look at the SWAC, it's winding down. You look at Prairie View A&M is playing some outstanding basketball. Jackson State uh, is playing some outstanding basketball uh, as well. Southern is on a roll. Those three teams have all are on a roll right now as the SWAC season winds down as well. So we generally just be talking about uh, basketball, but we're also talking about football as well. And, you know, the Hampton Pirates in the Big South went 9-9 nine and nine in the conference. And because they finished seventh, the Big South tournament is starting. It's more of a play-in type of situation right now. Hampton going to host a first-round game against Presbyterian on tomorrow, these two teams split in the regular season. Edward Buck Joyner is the head men's basketball coach at Hampton. He's going to join us also today here on the program. You can participate here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, or on my personal Twitter account at D-Ware1. I'm also going to break down the matchups taking place on tomorrow in HBCU football. Let's do this. Let's step aside. Let's take a break. When we come back, the interview with Dawson Odoms in his ninth season as the head football coach at Edward Waters. You've got more of the program on the other side, and you've got us locked in on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. On the way, it's more of From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Right, 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 right here. Right here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. 
Com. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donna Ware on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Let's keep things going here on From the Press Box to Press Row here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. We're joined by a gentleman in his ninth season as the head football coach at Southern. The Jaguars under his leadership do have a SWAC championship. Also, two-time defending Western Division champs, as a matter of fact, on tonight hosting Alabama, or excuse me, they're going to be on the road in Montgomery taking on Alabama State. Dawson Odoms, the head coach at Southern, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Odoms, welcome back to the program. Well, it's always great, man. You guys do a fantastic job, and it's always great to be on your show. And I look forward to this conversation and hopefully look forward to winning the football game later on this evening. No question about it. Uh, you know, you're always gracious enough in giving of your time over really these nine years, so we're appreciative of that. How excited are you, your coaching staff, and your players for this game? Obviously, we missed the 2020 season due to COVID, but now you're ready to rock and roll tonight against Alabama State. Well, I think everybody's excited. It's been a long time coming. I think I, I think our commissioner – presidents and ADs of the universities that, that make up the SWAC, the outstanding job of, of going out beforehand and saying we're going to play in the spring. And that's been out there for a while. And I think the anticipation has been there. It's created a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz. Some new coaches been hired in the conference. And it's just great. I just think all the visibility that has been drawn to the SWAC has allowed us to create a lot of excitement. And we're excited for the opportunity to play tonight. And hopefully we play very well. No question, and we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, Alabama State. I want to get your thoughts. I I don't know how you feel, but I think a lot of people were looking forward to perhaps a rematch of the SWAC championship game between you and Alcorn State. Alcorn State uh, ultimately decided not to play uh, due to COVID-19 reasons. Further, the SWACs uh, pretty much uh, made it so that the Braves forfeited all the games they were scheduled to play. Uh, your thoughts, was there, was there some disappointment in terms of, you know, well, first of all, not being able to play Alcorn State in the regular season because you had them scheduled as a regular season game and then possibly in the SWAC championship game? Well, I think we all understand that during this pandemic, during these difficult times, decisions are made and you have to live with them. So we respect the decisions that they're made for their institution and their program. Uh, we're just focusing on, you know, the calendar year that we have to take place, and that's this spring football season. And we're excited about the opportunity to play. I think our players, our fans, you know, if we were able to have fans at games, it would have been an exciting football game. We're close in proximity. It's a good rival. Uh, we played a lot in the past uh, years since I've been the head coach, and we haven't fared well against them. And we always, you always look forward to playing against a team that, that I guess has had your number. You're always looking for the opportunity to remove that bad taste. But uh, we understand that they made a decision and we got to move forward from it and is now focusing on Alabama State, and that's what we're really concerned about. What's the last month been for you all in terms of preparation for the season and then ultimately for this game tonight against the Hornets? A lot of uncertainty, you know, off and on, uh, just really trying to – your test, you're going to be tested as a CEO during, during these conditions, just having great understanding, great planning, and, and just making sure that you're doing enough. And 
what is enough. I have no idea. Uh, but we've just been trying to make sure that we get a football team prepared to play and try to keep all our guys ready because you never know who was going to be out. Injuries were, were going to happen uh, because of the time frame and, and getting ready to play. And then also guys that were out for testing, you know, that you have no control over those things. So just trying to keep our team focused, keep our morale high, and just make sure that the plan that we have in place was emphasized from top to bottom and making sure guys execute that plan when it comes to wearing your mask, social distancing, and just understanding what discipline was going to be required in order for us to have any chance of success and just really uh, hammering that nail in our program about those things. And I thought I think our guys have done a fantastic job, and hopefully they give us an opportunity uh, to have some success tonight. Dawson Odoms in his ninth season as the head football coach at Southern joins us here on from the press box to press row. Of course, in his, uh, well, eight years, uh, this is his ninth season, but in his eight years, he's 58 or his teams are 58 and 31 and 49 and 15 in swag play. So is the starting quarterback for you going to be a game time decision? Uh, yes. Yes, it will be a game time decision. And I think that, those three guys that we have competing, uh, Bubba McDaniel, John Lampley, and Ladarius Skelton have all earned the right to be, you know, a starting quarterback at Southern University. And I always say, you know, when you got that problem, that's a good problem to have. When you got three guys that have started for you and they all possess enough talent to get you where you want to go. And now it's just about naming the guy, taking a few more practices this week, uh, I think we have an idea, and we're just waiting to make sure that we get everybody to the gate. You know, with testing protocols, uh, you don't want to name, and then all of a sudden something don't go well with the test. So by the time all our results come in and we know exactly who the guys are going to be that are going on this trip, then I think we'll have a better understanding of, of who that starting quarterback is going to be, and that's probably going to be about game time. Yeah, was it – because Darius the last couple of years has been your guy. I mean, in essence, coming into camp, was it his job to lose? Well, I, I think from a coaching standpoint, uh, you like competition. And I just would say that it was open. It was an open competition, and you know what each guy can do. And it's a matter of did you improve on the things that you needed to improve on in order to be the guy. And I thought all three guys improved tremendously. And it was very competitive, and we were able to split the reps up and, and see what these guys were capable of doing. Because, again, I think you need to know that because we're going through a season where next week somebody could be out. And it's a blessing to be able to have quarterbacks that have played and not only played, have started. So we wanted that competition to be there because we knew this spring season uh, everybody needs to prepare as if they were going to be a number one because we know that any given time your twos could become ones or your threes could become ones. And, and we sort of had a – we ran our whole team like that. So it was a good competitive spirit at camp, and I think everybody was operating as if they had a chance to be the starter. And I hope that plays dividends going into to this first game tonight. What about – talk about uh, uh, Devin Ben as your running backs, a young man – Probably a little bit underrated. Average 5.3 yards per carry last year. Rushed for seven touchdowns. Of course, he's on the all-preseason team, but this is a young man that can, not, can really get it done for you toting the football. 
he's had a good career. I think he, when he look back on it, he can be excited about the things that he's accomplishing. He knows still some work to be done. Uh, he's getting better every week. I think when you describe Devon Bean, you talk about leadership. He's one of those guys that's already graduated. He has a degree in hand. He's in grad school, and he's performing well. Uh, and he's a leader. I think he has the ability to continue to grow in the leadership department. He's not a guy, a rah-rah guy. He leads by example. Uh, he's been in the offense. He knows the offense. We tweaked it a little bit, added some things, took some things out. But he's a guy we can rely on. You need that in a crisis. I tell people all the time, you need seniors who have been there. If you're talking about playing spring football and then turning back around and playing again in the fall. So he's been there. He's somebody we lean on, and we know what kind of player he is, and we're grateful that he's on our football team. Yeah. Talk about the in the trenches because you've got some really good offensive linemen led by Jonathan Bishop, who is a preseason first-team all-swag performer. Uh, I think when you talk about offensive line, Dallas Black is a guy that has earned – he earned the starting position the last time we were playing, and – He's a guy that's had some snaps and started for us. Jatari Carter is another guy that I think is as good as anybody in the country. And Jonathan Bishop, you know, talk about a guy that just loves playing football, the energy and excitement that he plays with. He's one of the few offensive linemen that plays with a smile on his face. Uh, he does it the right way. In between the whistle, he is as good as anybody. And he plays the game like we're accustomed to it being playing to the end of that whistle. And those three guys, anchor our offensive line, and they're just getting better every day. And I think you've got to be good in the trenches and you've got to have some depth in the trenches, especially when you're talking about playing spring football. And we have that. I think Coach Barry did an outstanding job when he, he was here. He passed it on to Brian LePac, and Coach LePac is doing a wonderful job with our offensive linemen. And as long as we can protect the quarterback and open up some holes in the running game, we got backs that can run it. we got quarterbacks that can throw it. But we know our offense is only as good as our offensive line. And we know we think we got one of the better ones. And hopefully they play well tonight. Dawson Odoms is the head football coach at Southern. He joins us here on the program. The Jaguars are on the road taking on uh, Alabama State. Defensively, speak about the defense, some of the key players. I look at a kid like the linebacker Caleb Carter. Uh, but there's some other guys uh, on that defense that I know that you and the staff are excited about as well. Well, I think defensive line-wise, we're deep uh, up front. I think those guys on the defensive line give us a chance to be really, really special, especially at the bookends. we got several guys that at the bookends, but uh, Jalen Ivey, Jordan Lewis, Tyron Nash, these guys have played a lot of snouts for us, and they're, they're upperclassmen that, that understands how to get ready to play in, in big games, and we always say the, the next game is the big game, so our guys understand that, and I think those three guys will anchor that defensive line. And Devin Cotton is a guy that I'm looking forward to see how he plays. Is he ready to step out and become the dominating player that we know he can become? And if that happens, they give us some some interior presence that that we we'll definitely need. By you know, we lost the Cajun champion C.J. Bryant from a year ago, and those guys are irreplaceable. And I always tell our players in our program. We don't replace anybody. What we try to do is take advantage of the opportunity when those guys depart. And then it's time for the next group of guys to take to take their place and, and take advantage of their opportunity. And if we do that, I think we got a chance to be successful. 
Last thought, Coach Odoms, and we appreciate the time. Do you, pre- when you're preparing uh, for Alabama State, what's the? Is it more about because you hadn't, you know, they hadn't played since 2019. Still, a lot of the same players, but the Davis kid, the quarterbacks, uh, no longer there. Do you look at still some of the things that they did in 19, even though that was some time ago, or is it more about? Uh, what you all as the Jaguars need to do? Well, I think it's more about what we need to do. Uh, and not only have they haven't played since 19, we haven't played them since 16. So you have no idea, really. Uh, all you can do is watch film from a personnel standpoint to see um, what guys are, you know, what they look like on film. But we haven't seen them in person. We know it's been some new additions. Our team hadn't played in over a year, so you don't really know what that team's going to look like. Just like they probably don't know what our team's going to look like. Uh, this is different. This is the most time you've had in between games since I've been a coach. And it's going to be tough trying to fill them out, but it's going to be some in-game adjustments. It's some, like I told our guys, you're going to have to play with great passion and great effort. And if we do those things with discipline, then you give yourself a chance. But uh, hopefully we can stay healthy and and make some in-game adjustments and get off to a fast start. And if we do that, I think we'll have a chance to at least be in a ball game with a chance to win it. And that's all you can ask for as a team. And we're looking forward to the opportunity to take on a really, really good Alabama State football team. Southern Jaguars are the two-time SWAC Western Division champions. And, of course, Dawson Odoms is in his ninth season's 1A SWAC championship as the head coach at Southern, 58-31 and 31 overall. The Jaguars gonna, are on the road now, going to take on Alabama State on tonight. Coach Odoms, we appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Jaguars. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Go Jags. The question is, can Southern get over the hump this year? It begins tonight with Alabama State because it's wide open. Like, no Alcorn State. Alcorn State has opted out. Alcorn State has won the last two SWAC championships, and so it's open. Southern has an opportunity. has been picked to win the Western Division. Uh, you look, uh, you know, Alabama A&M with a Quill Glass, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Got two phenomenal receivers. Defense is going to be better. Has an opportunity as well, but this may be – the time uh Gramlin's gonna have something to say Prairie View A&M but this may be the time for Dawson Odoms uh I, you know he's he had as as good a job as he's done he's done a really really good job he's won a SWAC championship won four Western Division crowns uh some rumblings uh Jaguar Nation not thrilled with the fact that Southern hasn't won more championships I mean, I would venture to say, look, when you're going up against those grambling teams, one of which won a national, a black college national championship in 2016 and then lost in the Celebration Bowl, lost a, a black college national championship to North Carolina A&T in 2017. Those were two really, really good teams. Uh, Southern won it in 2013, played a game in it in 2014. I mean, it's just so competitive. And I think he's doing a good job. But again, this may be the opportunity to quiet Jaguar Nation down just a little bit this season. Alcorn State is out of the picture, but it begins tonight against Alabama State. Still to come here on From the Press Box, 
to press row. Going to catch up with Hampton head men's basketball coach Edward Buck Joyner. Up next. And, and by the way, I got to give equal time. Got to give equal time on this program. So Donald Hill Ely is the head football coach at Alabama State. And what I'm going to do on the other side of the break, had a chance to catch up with him on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast uh, on last week. Going to re- replay part of that interview that we had with Alabama State head football coach Donald Hill Ely. We've got more on the other side. Radio, right here on Sirius XM. What up, what up? Yo, 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 yo. KKK. React to anything that Dawson Odoms had to say as he joined us on the other side. The head football coach at Southern. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Jaguar Nation, others that have interest. Your thoughts, I mean, uh, are you you satisfied with what Dawson Odoms is doing as the head football coach at Southern? I want to get your thoughts on that big game tonight and, again, a prime opportunity for Southern to win this year's Championship. Well, as I promised, Donald Hill Ely had a chance to catch up with him on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast on last week and talk with him about the the upcoming season. And I wanted to understand and get specifics because on the coaches call, the media day, the virtual media day for the SWAC last, uh, maybe the beginning of this month, uh, he announced that Kadaris Davis, the quarterback who had a really good 2019 season and who I thought was going to, I mean, really was going to be the one to help Alabama State take it to that next level, not playing this year. And this is what he had to say about that. Well, he had another year of eligibility, but, you know, just like uh, so many times you have, you know, a lot of these young men that, uh, you know, they get to working and find out other stuff that they want to do and, and uh, unfortunately, you know, he, you know, opted to opt out and to do some different things. And uh, we're fortunate enough to have some guys behind them to step up and and to uh, compete for the quarterback position. So, uh, you know, we wish him well during this opt-out season. And hopefully, you know, he uh, gets things together and, and come back for the next year. Yeah, I mean, you have a number of different uh, a, a number of different quarterbacks on the roster, and some of them. A lot of them don't have experience, a couple of transfers that come in, some high school kids, and then you do have a, at least one kid, maybe more, that have had some playing time at Alabama State. So, I mean, who's who's your guy to start on Friday against Southern? Well, you know, we're going to work the guys, and, and, you know, and that's part of game plan, and so I wouldn't be able to share that with you. But the key is that, you know, we're working a couple of guys in that position and, and the best guy that uh, that we feel that can uh, protect the football and move the team forward uh, will start off uh, for us on Friday night. For a, a guy like, I mean, whoever the quarterback is, to be able to have a guy like a, you know, a Michael Jefferson that, that comes back for you and had a phenomenal 2019 season, you know, talk about him and sort of his progression, you know, since the end of 2019. Well, you know, pound for pound, I believe uh, Mike Jefferson is probably one of the best uh, receivers that's playing the game at any level. Uh, not too often you get six five 
210-pound uh, receivers running 4-4 and great route runners, uh, great uh, touch on catching the football and good IQ of, of uh, the game to uh, be at this level. And uh, he's a threat. Uh, you can't single cover him. And uh, he he adds that dimension to our offense that <clears throat> that takes an extra guy out of the box uh, because they're trying to find ways to defend him. Ezra Gray's back for you, right? Like, talk about him. Oh, yeah. What, yeah, what he's going to mean, your leading rusher from back in 2019. He could do a plethora of things. Oh, yeah. Ezra Gray, you know, uh, who, who's a young man that uh, was up for the academic Heisman 4.0, great leadership, one of our team captains. Uh, again, one of the best all-purpose guys that's in this conference. And uh, we get a chance to have him back to uh, lead these young men and teach them how to prepare and, and how to play. So we feel that, you know, this class of guys is the guys that that moves our program forward and looking forward to working with each one of them. You can listen to the interview with Alabama State head football coach Donald Hill Ely and the preview of Alabama State in its entirety on our website at BoxToRow.com on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Let's take a look at the HBCU matchups for the weekend. Langston is going to host Southwestern Assemblies of God. And for SAGU, it's going to be its first game of the season. They played a couple of games, went one and one in the fall season. But for Langston, I mean, this is a Langston team that's coming off the 27-10 loss at the hands of Arizona Christian. Uh, to the point, I mean, really, the Lions weren't able to get a whole lot going. I mean, got a little bit of a running game going. You look at Markel Scott, who had 54 yards rushing on nine carries. You look at Corin Allen, who had six, uh, 30 yards rushing on five carries. And you look at Tristan Randall, the quarterback, 24 yards on 13 carries. That was it. And, of course, Langston only had 105 yards rushing. But then the passing game, Tristan Randall, I mean, he completed six of 21 passes for just 34 yards, no touchdowns through two interceptions. So you can see, I mean, give Arizona Christian credit. But, again, this is a Langston program. And, again, first game for them as well as Arizona Christian, but a team that really was probably one win away from making the NAIA playoffs on last year. Defensively, I mean, I think they got a, a, a pretty solid effort from a from a defensive perspective. Listen, only gave up 91 yards rushing in this football game, just 91 yards rushing in the football game. They did give up 239 yards passing uh, in the game, but had some guys that did some things. Malcolm Johnson had 12 tackles, three for loss uh, in the game. Uh, Jamar Grice with 10 tackles. So they're going to have to be better offensively. I think the defense is solid, um, but of course, Langston's ultimately going to have to be better on the offense. Tennessee State travels to Austin P. Now, one of the advantages is a couple of, of advantages for Austin P. Number one, Austin P played three games in the fall, including one against nationally ranked Cincinnati, in which they lost 55. Uh, to 20 and then played last Sunday losing to Tennessee Tech 27 to 21 so this is an Austin P team that 
had a couple of games in the fall, plus I'm sure some practice, and then ultimately has already played a game. Remember, Tennessee State was supposed to have played on last Sunday as well, but that game was postponed due to the weather. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in a, like I'm interested to see Tennessee State this year because the Tigers just really haven't been relevant. Uh, specifically in the OVC since 2013. It didn't win the OVC, but ultimately got an at-large berth to the playoffs and won its first game against Butler before having to face Jacksonville State, who I mean, just has a phenomenal program, and it was an uphill battle. But even the next year, a lot of those guys came back from that team, and I think Tennessee State went something like 6-5. and five. So, I mean, if you want to look at the 6-5 and five season from 2014, you can. But it, it just hasn't gone well. I think injuries in 2019, that three-win season, really loomed large. Uh, but I think the, the, the offensive line, you know the offensive line is going to be solid, right? I mean, you can count on that. They always have a, uh, the Tigers always have a really good offensive line. You know, the quarterback, like they got to get the quarterback play together and then ultimately the running game as well. I've got some great athletes, have had some great recruiting classes. Of course, going to plug in as, as Tennessee State does a lot of times, some FBS guys. And then the defense, like the defense I think sort of is the one that let the Tigers down going back to the 2019 season and really – even previous seasons. You can look at the Tigers putting up a bunch of numbers but can't stop anybody, and the OVC is nothing to play with. They put up a lot of points uh, in the OVC. You know, I'm really looking at Nick Harper Jr., uh, defensive back. Um, He's a box-to-row preseason All-American. Really interested to see what kind of season he's going to have. But I'm telling you, Tennessee State's got to get out on the right foot. I mean, I'm going to give Austin P. credit going back to the 2019 season because, I mean, you know, it was a season in which uh, Austin P ultimately won some games in the FCS playoffs, like went 11-4 and four that year. Went 11-4 and four, uh, that year ultimately and uh, lost in like what, the quarterfinals, I think, of the FCS playoffs, won two games and then lost the third game. So it's a, it's a, it's a solid it's a solid program. I'm not taking anything away from Austin P. But if you're Tennessee State, you want to get back uh, and, and be relevant in the OVC as it once, you know, the Tigers once were. Then this is a game you got. I mean, you got to win in this shortened season, and we'll ultimately see what happens with Tennessee State. The last game on the docket. Howard and Delaware State are going to get together. By the way, the the Texas Southern and Arkansas Pine Bluff game was ultimately postponed because of the winter storms that took place uh, in Arkansas last week. It was concern about the water pressure uh, there in Pine Bluff, and so that game is actually going to be made up in April on April the 24th. Was looking forward to that game as Texas Southern wanted to get out on the right foot in a race in 0 and 11 season. The last game on the docket, Howard and Delaware State. Howard and Delaware State uh, are going to meet. And I'll tell you, I mean, again, the MEAC is not sponsoring football. So only Howard, Delaware State, and South Carolina State, the only games uh, that are going to be played 
this year uh, from MEAC teams, that is. And the game is going to be played in Dover, Delaware. As a matter of fact, uh, you're going to hear now from both head football coaches, and we're going to start with Delaware State head football coach Rod Milstead and his thoughts about the Hornets. Right now, Tom Leak is, is the guy, okay? He's the guy that, that finished the season off for us, uh, came in as a true freshman uh, midway through the second quarter of the Delaware game. Trust me, we were not planning on playing Tom Leak, but uh, uh, our, our starting quarterback, uh, Shane Smith, broke his, uh, broke his hand, and uh, from that point on, uh, we had no choice. But by the grace of God, Tyleek came in early uh, his senior year. Tyleek came in in January. So he had a spring ball with us, and then he had a summer camp. So Tyleek knew our offense, and he came in, and he did a, a, a remarkable job as a true freshman getting us back in the game and helping us take the lead. You know, unfortunately, experience you know, played a major role in that part. Delaware had a lot of seniors and juniors on their team that had a lot of experience, and when it came down to it, uh, at the end of the game, they was they were much stronger than we were. We made several mistakes, and uh, the score was different uh, than than what we had hoped it would be. But uh, no, Tyreek is is the guy uh, uh, going into the first game, and uh, we look forward to seeing him shine. You speak a little bit about the running backs. Your leading running back, Thomas Bertrand Hudden. Uh, comes back averaging uh, four and a half yards per carry. You know, talk about that group and the expectation for them. Well, the, our, our running back group, I'm excited about. Thomas Bertrand uh, really took over the position last year. He, uh, We saw him in practice every day and was waiting for him to mature and, and, and get to that role, and we put him in it at FAMU, and, you know, he goes over 100, I think 110 yards at FAMU and two touchdowns, and uh, he just uh, – uh, shocked everybody with the speed. You look at him and say it's not much to him, but you put the ball in his hand. Next thing you know, you got a guy running down the sideline and no one can catch him. So uh, we are very fortunate to have him. He's healthy this year. Uh, excited about his opportunity. You know, just like everybody else, he hasn't played in a year, so he wants to pick up where he left off and really make a big impact in the MEAC. Rod Milstead, when he joined us on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, also. Larry Scott, in his first season as the head football coach at Howard, also joined us on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, had a chance to ask him about his starting quarterback, amongst other questions. Well, right now, he, uh, he's been running with our first group, and uh, we've kind of got a healthy rotation going right now with the, uh, the three quarterbacks that we got working uh, as, you know, as we're discovering. We're such a, still in really the discovery stage of learning and understanding our personnel and who we have and who can do what and who's, who's really, really good at what and those type of things until we can start to uh, begin here over the next few weeks to piece all the puzzles, uh, pieces together to, to build um, where we sit right now with what we have. <clears throat> and right now, Q's been doing a really good job of learning the system. Uh, and and what, we, what we've been working with Q on is just the, the maturity and development of what it means to truly be a quarterback, not just on the field, uh, but off the field and leader, you know, your leadership qualities and, and your ability to to lead people and, and your ability to, uh, to uh, hold people accountable, but to hold yourself accountable first so that they'll follow you. Uh, so it, it's been a big-time development deal with you and, and, and all of our quarterbacks uh, to understand the nature that you hold naturally, uh, that you just 
you know, inherit naturally because of the position that you play. Uh, but then doing those type of things, all the development off the field and, and, and those type of things to help the leadership qualities come along, uh, that needed, that, that's needed uh, as well as you're, you're naturally your position next to the head coach that the football team looks up to uh, each and every day. Uh, and, and with that comes a certain way that you have to carry yourself and a certain way that you have to, to execute things in a certain way that you have to lead. Naturally, we want all these guys to lead through their natural characteristics of who they are so that their leadership is very authentic uh, to who they are. But we, we're tapping into what those qualities are for Q. Uh, Quentin is going to be really, really big here as we continue to progress. Larry Scott and Howard going up to Dover, Delaware to take on Delaware State. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, switching gears, Hampton, head men's basketball coach, Edward Buck Joyner. Donald Ware on ESPNU Radio, right here on Sirius XM. The Hampton Pirates going to host a game in the Big South Tournament on Saturday. Going to be at home taking on Presbyterian in his 12th season as the head men's basketball coach at Hampton is Edward Buck Joyner as he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Joyner, welcome to the program. Uh, I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Always good to have you. I just want to kind of get your thoughts on the season. Finish the regular season in conference, 9-9. and It's been a different year, to say the least. Your thoughts in terms of how uh, your team has played in the – or at least played in the regular season. Uh, you know what? It's one of these years that, I, I, in my opinion, how can you be mad at the kids? I mean, it's been an adverse situation. Um, you know, from day one, uh, I'm – I'm not. I'm happy with where we are because I think they've handled it well. You know, uh, uh, mentally for themselves, we. You know, we were. I think we hit a point where we were six and two and or six and three or something like that, and then COVID hit us halfway in the six and three in the conference, and COVID hit us and we took 23 days off. So and then to come back and ask kids to play seven games in 11 days or 12 days and this and that, which. You know, they wanted to do, so I was okay with it. But, you know, you know this is one of those things that, hell, I'm inexperienced in pandemic coaching too. So, you know, <laughs> I, I blame everything more on myself than them. But I'm happy that they were able to bounce back. And I think that they'll be able to make a run in the tournament if they can handle it properly. Yeah, and you get a – you get the, I mean, I guess the, the good thing about it, you get a home game. You know, you, you had lost three games and then you win the game against Longwood – on Wednesday, can you speak to how big a win that was to snap a three-game losing streak and heading into conference tournament play? Well, it's it's exactly where where you put it. Heading into conference play, you want to have to go in on something positive. Uh, again, I, I credit my kids because uh, when we lost those three games, it was coming off of COVID, and those kids have really won two out of five or six, but we had taken 23 days off. We had our first practice with 10 people on a Friday. We played on Sunday, and they were able to win one, lose one, win one. Then we took a day off, and then they turned around and played again on – we practiced and then played again on Wednesday. They were able to fight back and, and, and lose one, then win one. Then take a day off, practice. Then you play Longwood the first time. You know, and then, and so again, you know, I I credit the kids for that. They they were able to keep everything in 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 perspective, and we were able to keep continue to tell them that 
we, you know, in these situations and the way that we handled the scheduling after we had to take the pause, we're playing our way back into shape. We're not practicing our way back into shape. So we didn't care anything about seeds. We didn't care anything about, you know, uh, about uh, wins or losses. What we cared about was developing that chemistry back again that we had before the break. So, you know, I credit them, and I, I think the, the, the win hopefully will carry them to, to a point where we will be able to take care of Presbyterian. But they're a team, too, so they're looking to win, too. So, But, again, we, we feel good as a team as, as, as for where we are. You know, but through all that we've been through, and not just us, everybody in the country, we're not crying the blues. But you know, we're happy to get a win of going into the tournament. Yeah, and and how how you know are you at full strength going into the tournament? Uh, we well, I, I don't think that we'll be full strength anymore. Once we came back from COVID, we lost Dan Bannister, who was our sixth man coming off the bench. We lost Edward Oliver Hampton, who was our leading rebounder and starting power forward, we lost those guys for the year. You know, right after we came back, they both had knee injuries. Uh, Dan doing high point and Ed in practice the day before we played high point. They both went down, had season-ending injuries. So uh, we're not at full strength, but we're happy with where we are. And I think the guys that we have, if, if God willing, you know, they, they can, they're capable of taking care of business. Yeah, how, how would – I mean – so, in essence, you're talking about those th- two uh, situations happening within a 24-hour period. How did you how did you process that? How did you handle that? You know what? It's, I don't know. I, I could give. I could try to script you the perfect answer. You know, but you know, I, it's one of those things we had to take the next man up mentality. You pray for your teammate. You hope for the best for your teammate, and both of them will have the chance to have you know, recoveries and, and be able to come back and play next year. But we had to take the next man up mentality because I think it happened the, the second game at High Point, which was on a Monday, we played on Wednesday. So we didn't have time to try to process it except for let's get prepared for the next game. Edward Buck Joyner in his 12th season as the head men's basketball coach at Hampton joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Well, you have Davion Warren. I mean, he's been – I mean, he's been unbelievable. He's one of the top scorers uh, in the country. You look at his field goal percentage, he's doing well there. He can do a number of different things. He can rebound for you, et cetera, et cetera. Speak to his play this season. Uh, first of all, I, I would like to speak to Davion as a young man. He's a, he's a quality young man. If, if you're going to have somebody leading your team and you if you went and drew up a, a blueprint of a leader, it was it's Davion. He's the kid that you root for. You know, you want to do well. Uh, to be honest with you, we, we knew that he needed to make a jump from where he was last year. I don't even know if Davion knew that it was going to be as, as much of a jump as it is to now. Uh, I'm not going to say it's new to us. You know, we lost Ben Stanley, but Ben's freshman year, he averaged maybe two points and two rebounds. His sophomore year, he averaged 22 points and seven rebounds. So we've seen it before, but, um, you know, again, you know, we're happy for Davion. We were the only team in the country last year to have two top ten scores, and we were the only team in the country last year to lose two top ten scores. So, you know, at, uh, at the timing when we lost Ben, 
we didn't know. It, it was too late for us to really recruit somebody of that caliber. It was late July and August. You know, uh, uh, again, Davion put in the work. He wanted to change his game and become this type of player. You know, and 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 you know, it's one of those things that he worked for, it and he's also been blessed. Uh, and, and, you know, he is enjoying the fruits of his labor. But, you know, again, I, I'm I'm happy for Davion. I'm happy for the progress that he's had. I'm happy for what he's done. You know, he's a, he's a quality young man. Edward Buck, joiner again in his 12th season as the head men's basketball coach at Hampton, joins us here on the program. So who has stepped up? Like you've, you, you mentioned those two devastating injuries Obviously, somebody has has to step up, has had to step up. Who has that been to this point? Uh, well, if you're talking about you talking about from a season standpoint, I think everybody on our team because we didn't have anybody out. I think Davion may have averaged ten points last year. If he did or didn't, we didn't have any returning players who averaged in double figures. So everybody. But if you're talking about since. If we're talking about since the time from when that COVID piece hit us and we lost to two kids, you know, first of all, I would have to say Raymond Bethesda. Uh He went into a he, – he's a 6'5", 6'6", slasher, combo. He's a kid that doesn't have a position, so he's guarding and playing anywhere from one to five for us. You know, he stepped up. Uh, Russell Dean, who, again, played – he started some games for us, but then he played sparingly you know, at the beginning but and then sometimes at the end. But, you know, not only is he one of the top 20 assist scores and, and I mean, assist guys in the nation, he's become a player who's had, who's had to guard and, and do multiple things. Marquise Godwin coming from ODU, uh, he was pretty much just a shooter. Now he's well, he's starting to well around his game because of the things that happened. Uh, you know, Saheem Anthony. Uh, who's really a small forward, but because when we lost Ed Oliver Hampton, who's 6'8", you know, and Dan Bannister, who's 6'6", who played who played multiple inside positions for us, he's had to go from a small forward to really a backup center. You know, so, you know, those are the guys that have stepped up for us and have tried to make things happen, and they haven't complained. So, you know, I love this group. 9-9 nine nine in conference play, which in some respects speaks to uh, a little bit the fact that you split with Presbyterian uh, this year. So uh, they come to your place on Saturday. Uh, it's conference tournament play. Your thoughts, what are the concerns that you have about the Blue Holes? Uh, you know what, they're, they're, they're just like many teams in the Big South, and it's, it's a quality league. Uh, everybody has dual threats. They have inside and they have outside threats. Uh, Presbyterian is no different. Uh, you know, more than I'm worried, and this is no disrespect to them, I'm worried more about us and our energy level to be able to meet fire with fire. So I think that we're in a situation where, you know, if, if we come and we bring the correct energy and we bring and we come with the correct mindset, you know, I, I, I think that, that, that we'll have a shot to win the game. You know, but you know, again, when you when you get to these types of situations, as I tell my teams all the time, we play the regular season as dress rehearsal. Dress rehearsal for the conference tournament because we are one big league. So probably you could go 28-1, and one, but if you don't win it, you're still going to the NIT. You know, or you could go 1-28, and, and if you win it, you're going to the NCAA tournament. So, 
we're we're trying to spend more time making sure that we're mentally and physically correct walking into this tournament and have the right mind frame that they're set to be able to win four games because, you know, right now records don't matter. Edward Buck Joyner, the head men's basketball coach at Hampton, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Pirates going to be at home against Presbyterian first round of the Big South Tournament. As always, Coach Joyner, I really appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Pirates. Uh, thank you. Conference tournament play already beginning in the Big South. Hampton going to host Presbyterian. Edward Buck Joyner, the head men's basketball coach at Hampton joining us here on the program. We're going to get ready to wrap it up. You can take it offline. Hit me up via Twitter, box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, if you want to react to anything that Edward Buck Joyner had to say. couple of big games in the SWAC, not necessarily for the matchup, but in terms of team. So you've got... Southern, who is hosting Alcorn State, that's a game Southern's got to have. They've won a number. They, they want to try to keep pace at the top of the SWAC. Texas Southern is on the road, uh, going to take on Alabama State again. Texas Southern has lost a couple of games, but has won two straight. Wants to try to keep pace. Uh, all uh, and then Prairie View A and M is on the road, taking on Alabama A and M. And and right now Prairie View A and M is at the top at nine. And O in the conference. Jackson State's the other undefeated team at 7 and 0. Grambling is on the road against Arkansas. Palm Bluff has lost two straight, but trying to keep pace. Thank you to Edward Buck Joyner. Thank you to Dawson Odoms for joining us today here on the program. For more information on From the Press Box to Press Row, log on to our website, boxtorow.com. And always remember to support those that Support your from the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications.